Welcome to the Inspire Church Podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people, and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. Well, I'm glad, I'm so glad uh, and good to be here. And uh, on behalf of my wife, who I've been married to for almost 18 years now, and uh, yeah, 18 years, I didn't kill her, we're good. She's still alive. Actually, I'm still alive. She's the boss. And uh, I can say that because she's not here. But 18 years I've been married to her. And we have three amazing boys. Uh, one is 18, 18. His name is Mekon. Uh, the second goes by Meeks. And then I have a middle son named Elijah. He's 16. Uh, and he's about to get his license. So please pray for us because I don't want to die. And then we have my youngest, his name is Amiri, but we call him Dewey, and uh, he is 10 years old, and he thinks he's the pastor of Together Church, and uh, that's the place that I'm the pastor of Together Church, but he thinks he's the pastor, Um, and so I don't know what I'm going to do when he turns 18, because he's probably going to fire me. But until then, I'm going to keep making Jesus' name famous and uh, being the best light in my city that I possibly can. And it's kind of of cool, my church uh, today... um, uh, we believe that we're just not a church in a city, but a church for a city. And uh, today uh, we had roughly 500 people serve the city. They built a park. They cleaned up uh, uh, garbaged areas. They uh, helped uh, people in battered shelters. They, they did so many things today throughout our city. And it's just amazing when God's people go to work and love a city back to life. And I would just encourage you to get involved in what God's doing here at Inspire Church. Your life will be better. It's not just about what God will do to you, but what God can do through you uh, that makes all the difference. Someone say amen. Uh, with that said, I've been on a pursuit uh, this year. Um, to become more like Jesus. I know that might sound strange, but what I wanted, what I wanted was more of God in my life. And so I wanted more of the characteristics of Jesus to be exhibited from my life. I think that's a good quality to have. After all, we're supposed to be Christ-like. And so I started studying the word of God to try to see these, these different attributes that Jesus displayed. And I got to one that I think most people miss or a lot of people miss and we don't wouldn't attribute it to Jesus. But I just want to share a two characteristics, two qualities that I think everyone in this room could become more like Jesus if we would take on two of these natures. I'm going to start in the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 14. And in the book of Matthew, let me give you some context. Uh, Jesus uh, his cousin, John the Baptist, is getting ready to be beheaded. He had a cousin that he did life with that uh, John the Baptist's whole ministry was to usher in the presence of Jesus. And he would say things like uh, there will become a man who is much greater than me that I'm not even worthy to uh, tie his sandals. And so John the Baptist was always pointing to the way of Jesus. And Jesus now starts his ministry. John the Baptist baptized him and Jesus is now building his ministry. He's called his disciples. He's he's gathered people to be his followers. And. Through a course of actions, Jesus is off uh, performing miracles, signs, and wonders. The ministry has started. And um, John the Baptist has just been incarcerated. He's been thrown into prison. And there's this party that's going on. And uh, there's a woman there who has a daughter. And the daughter does this dance for Herod. And Herod is oohed and awed by the dance. Now, this dance isn't like just like a nice dance. This is like a strip tease dance. It's a seductive dance. 
And so she is dancing very seductively and Herod is blown away by what she did. And he says, I'll I'll give you anything up to half the kingdom. Whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. And so she walks over to her mom Herodias and says, hey, mom, what should I ask for? And she didn't like John the Baptist. She didn't like what he was preaching because it made her feel uncomfortable about the issues she was dealing with in her life. And so she says, ask for John the Baptist's head on a platter. Yeah, so Herod says, okay, John the Baptist, we're going to cut your head off. They end up chopping John the Baptist's heads off. John the Baptist dies that day, and this is where we pick up in Scripture. Verse 12. It says, later John's disciples came for his body and buried it, and then they went and told Jesus what had happened. And as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. I think the first thing, the first thing, I'm going to jump right into this. The first thing that can make you more like Jesus is by allowing yourself to break. You want to be more like Jesus? You need to allow yourself to break. What I've noticed throughout the church is we got a lot of stoic Christians who act like everything is good. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. We don't have any problems. I don't want to show any signs of weakness. I don't want to admit I'm struggling. I don't want to admit life's hard. I don't want to admit that I'm going through a difficult season. And so what ends up happening is we become these stone-faced Christians that just sit in a weekend service. And life is hitting us on all sides. And we don't want to break because we think it's a sign of weakness. I want you to understand that the Savior of the world, he broke He wasn't expecting that news to come that day. He wasn't expecting to hear that his cousin just got beheaded. He wasn't expecting that he was going upon his life. He was was doing what he was called to do. He was living. He was seeing people uh, healed and risen from the dead. And he was seeing people that couldn't walk now walking, blind eyes opening up. He had prayed for Peter's mom. She got healed of a high fever. He called the disciples. They're following him. There's all these big monumental moments happening in his life. And then all of a sudden, the wind gets sucked out of the sails and the Bible says that Jesus steps into the boat to get to a remote area to be alone. Jesus was broken. We don't know how long he's in the boat. We don't know how long this moment is happening, but we do see a savior that just doesn't act like everything's okay. His heart broke. Can I tell you that some of you just need to allow yourself to break? Life hits unexpectedly sometimes, and we, we don't do ourselves any justice acting like everything is good. Sometimes everything is not good. When you just found out your daughter lost her virginity, when you just found out that the doctor report came through, when things are going on in your marriage and the tension is high and, and you're just struggling, when you're struggling with decisions, when people have said awful things behind your back and treated you less than what you are, when you go through relationships, dating relationships, and people hurt you and abuse you, when things happen at work that are beyond your control, sometimes life just sucks the wind out of your sails and you need to break. When you've been praying for something and it didn't happen, when you miscarry, when things hit your home, you can't just always act like I'm tough. Because here's, here's the reality. Playing tough won't make it go away. 
Playing tough won't make it go away. Acting as if you don't have any problems, that it is what it is. It does not make it go away. Jesus does not give us permission to act like nothing's wrong. Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is what I did. I got into a boat to be alone and break. Sometimes you just need to come to church and when the worship is happening, you just need to break. Sometimes you just got to go home. You're in the bathroom. No one's in the house. You just need to break. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to admit weakness. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to drop your guard just for a moment because some stuff is beyond our control and it just hurts. You got, you got to admit that it hurts. You just got to let it out. I know you didn't see it coming. Jesus didn't see it coming. And I want you to understand this because Jesus at any moment, if he wanted to, he could have healed John the Baptist. Putting John's head back on his body is not impossible for our God. Because we see when Jesus is being arrested, Peter slashes off an ear and Jesus picks up the ear and puts it right back on the man. If Jesus wanted to, he could have went where John the Baptist was, took the head, put it back on his body and put him back together. But God did not allow it because what God was trying to demonstrate was you have to allow yourself to break. There will be some situations in your life that are beyond your control. A death in the family. Something happens. You, your pet passes away and it just hurts. You spend time. You've done things. People move directions and they change. And people, people who love Jesus, they don't serve him anymore. And that hurt. I invested so much into that family. They came to church and. People can be mean. They backstab you. They lie about you. They. Say hurtful things. And sometimes you just have to allow yourself to break. Because playing tough won't make it go away. Some of you, your marriage is so fragile right now, you don't want to admit it. And can I tell you, acting tough is not going to fix it. Some of you, you got problems with your family. Your relationships are like this. You're good in here, but when you go home, you can't stand the way your dad talks to you. You can't stand the way your kids acting, playing tough, ain't going to make it go away. Some of you, you've had moments in your life that are just traumatic. It hurts. It's painful. And you cannot afford to just play tough. Because playing tough won't make it go away. It'll be there in the morning. It will be there tomorrow. It'll be there three days down the road. And you need to take a moment to let it out. And then we see Jesus because we see him in the boat, right? We don't know how long he's in the boat. He could have been in the boat for five minutes. He could have been in there for an hour. He could have been there for five hours. We We don't know. The Bible really doesn't say. It says he gets in the boat to go to be alone. And then the Bible picks back up. Watch what it says right here. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Verse 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Okay, I want you to see this because Jesus just switched postures. He first says, 
man, this is too hard. I'm saddened because my cousin has just been beheaded. I love John. John was family. John baptized me. John, he would always promote me. John was always trying to elevate me. John was preparing the way for my ministry. I love John. And the Bible says that he broke and he was hurt. But then the Bible says in verse 14 that the crowds were coming. And as soon as Jesus saw the crowds, when he gets out of the boat, the Bible says he begins to heal their sick. Do you see what Jesus did? Because this is the other side. If you want to be more like Jesus, you have to allow yourself to break. But here's the other side. You have to compose yourself. There's two sides of the coin because Jesus, he's in the boat. We don't know how long, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, five hours. And he's probably crying. He's like, I don't understand. And man, this hurts. And I'm thinking about all the memories. But then he sees all the crowds coming and he realizes I can't stay broke anymore. I've got to compose myself. I've got to get myself together because there's people counting on me to be who God has called me to be. So some of you need to allow yourself to break. But some of you have been broke so long, you're no good for anybody. You've been crying the broken record because you didn't have a dad. You've been crying a broken record because you don't have a lot of money. You've been crying a broken record because you're not educated. You've been crying the broken record because you don't have a spouse. You've been crying a broken record, blah, 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 blah. You know what you need to do? You need to get yourself together and you need to compose yourself because there's a leader in you and you can't allow to keep crying a broken record about what happened 20 years ago. I get it. It hurt, but daddy's not coming back. He went on to be with Jesus. He's not here anymore, but you know who's here? Your kids, your spouse. Yeah, break, go ahead, go in the bathroom, cry, and there's going to be those moments when it's going to flood and cry, but when you come out of the bathroom, you compose yourself because you got kids and a husband who need your love. They don't need to see you broken about daddy who's been gone for 10 years. They need to see you be present and invested in those that need you. I get it. You didn't have a dad. I get it. You, your family situation wasn't good. But stop blaming your current situation for your past circumstances. You've got to get up. You've got to go to school. You've got to get your education. You've got to work hard. You've got to do things in order. I get it. You're going to have to raise those kids on your own. But that is not a problem for God. It's not too big. Compose yourself. You've got people counting on you. I get it, you didn't have godly parents to raise you in church, but that's no excuse for you not to serve Jesus right now. You know what you need to do? You need to dust off your tears and compose yourself because there are people counting on you to fulfill God's purposes. What ends up happening sometimes is some people get so broken that they end up making other people break for things that they didn't even happen to them. So we got moms who suffer from a broken heart and they pass it on to their daughters. And then we wonder why their daughters find the same kind of dirt bags that the mom had and they don't end up getting a godly man. We live and accept the lowest level because, you know, I didn't get to get my education. I didn't get to do the things I wanted to do because I got pregnant at a young age or I started a family too soon or I missed my opportunity to go to the university. And so because you ended up settling, if you live that broken record, then you're going to create a perpetual habit for your kids. And that's not what they need. You know what they need? They need you to say, no, 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 that's not who we are. You're going to go to the university. You're going to make something of yourself. You're going to be better than what mom and dad was. You're not going to use our old life as your excuse. You need to compose yourself. 
Because <laughs> staying hurt won't help it. I have a sister who, uh, I have a sister who, at a young age, my father molested her. And uh, I didn't know that. I didn't find that out until I was about 13 years old. And uh, my dad was only in my house for maybe like a year, two years. By the time I was old enough to remember, I, I don't even remember a moment that my dad was ever in the house. So he had a split up with my mom long before I was probably even three years old. I had to be really young because I don't have any memory of waking up and seeing him in the house. And so from the time I, my, my sisters are a little bit older. My oldest sister is about seven years older than me. And uh, I remember one time my sister, she was a... Uh, she was uh, yelling at my mom. They were fist fighting. They were arguing because um, my oldest sister would uh, try to attempt suicide. I'd find her home bloody in the bath. And uh, she would try to take as many pills to try to uh, kill herself and take her life. And, and I remember them arguing and, and they said something like, well, if it wasn't for his dad, I wouldn't even be living like this. And then the truth came out about what had happened in my family. And I remember being 13 and just wrestling with this. So this is before I know Jesus. And I was just trying to process this because I didn't, I didn't know what to do with that information. And so I got older and I gave my life to Jesus and I was able to have a conversation and I was able to uh, talk to my dad about it. And I ended up calling uh, my sister and my dad got them together. My dad actually apologized and asked for her forgiveness. Uh, he loves Jesus now. And but at this time, my sister's life, she was a heavy uh, alcoholic. She was a gambler. The worship team could come. She was a heavy alcoholic. She was a gambler. Uh, she was uh, doing drugs. At one time, she was a stripper. Um, her life was kind of chaotic. She would almost every year try to kill herself and attempt suicide. And I become a pastor, and I give my life to Jesus in uh, October 1999. And she didn't want nothing to do with this Jesus that I found. And I would invite her to church. She would never come to church. And I started pastoring this church after five years of being saved uh, with about 50 people. And, and she wouldn't come to that church. And she was like, I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't want anything to do with anybody. And it just got so bad to where she was using drugs and she was getting uh, charges. She, she was very, while she was very broken, she was very uh, educated. She was going to school to be a lawyer, and she was about a couple of quarters or a couple semesters away from uh, getting her legal degree to be a lawyer. And she was working at this job, and they found out that she was forging checks at the job. And so she ended up getting committed, committed a felony, had to go serve time in the penitentiary and jail. And uh, she lost her ability to ever be a lawyer. She can never be a lawyer. And so it was just one more thing for her to add into her stuff. I remember driving to the other city where she was incarcerated to see her and visit her. I was the only family member to visit her. But then when she got out, she would say things like, my brother, he's the pastor. And, you know, he, does, he, he loves everyone else in the city, but he doesn't love me. He won't give me any money. He won't help me. And my sister ended up living on the streets of the city that I pastored in. She would bounce around from women's battered shelters to uh, a, a mission that would take in homeless. Because in, in America, there's, if you don't work, you don't have a house. You're homeless. And I found her. She was, she was homeless, living on the streets. And 
she started running drugs from state to state and she almost got incarcerated for seven more years and I would go over to my mom's house and my sister she hated me so much that that she would I would walk into the house and she would turn her back to me and lay on the couch with her back faced at me so she didn't have to see me so I would talk to my mom for 30 40 minutes an hour and my sister wouldn't even make eye contact with me and I had to get to a place where I just told my sister look you can't change anything that's ever happened in your life you can't change that you got molested I can't change that you got molested You can't change that you had an abortion. I can't change that you had an abortion. You can't change that you've neglected your two sons for the past five years to drugs and alcohol. I can't change your neglect. You can't change the fact that uh, you left home at 13 years old and fist fought mom. I can't change that. You can't change that I saw you bloody in a bathtub trying to commit yourself. I can't change that. But guess what? If you don't compose yourself, staying hurt won't help it and some of you need to hear that strong message because some of you keep living the blame game it's always someone else's fault for you not being where God wants you to be I remember telling my sister that and she went on Facebook and I hate you and deleted me and unfriended me and then one day 14 years later she walked into a service and she was sitting about four rows. And I see my sister lift her hand to surrender her life to Jesus. And two months later, I baptized my sister in the church that I've been praying for her to come. And today she's our second year student in our college. She runs our, our outreach ministry and she's helping women that are battered and helping people get off drugs. And she, she actually helps with our jail ministry and she goes into the jail and helps the women that are incarcerated. Because she got to a place where she said praying plain broke won't fix it. I get it. Go cry. Yes, cry. Get it out. Break. You're supposed to break, but don't stay broken. Because if you stay broken too long, you'll get bitter. If you stay broken too long, break. Cry. Tell God you don't understand. It's okay, God. I don't know why this happened to me. I don't know why my son passed away. I don't know why my husband left. I don't know why I got treated like that. I don't know why that happened to me. I I can't explain it. I wasn't expecting. I worked at that company for 20 years. I didn't expect for them to fire me. I didn't expect for them to lay me off. I I didn't see that coming. I I raised my kids better. I didn't expect for them to go that direction. I, I thought that if I just gave my my spouse all that I was they would have never cheated on me I didn't expect them to cheat on me go ahead cry let it all out but there comes a point where you can't stay broken and you have to compose yourself and then there's some of you who are so composed you don't know how to break you won't allow yourself to break and for those of you that won't get, allow yourself to break if you stay Composed, you'll lose your compassion. If you stay composed so long, and this is where the danger is in the church, that people come in broken and they needed Jesus and now we're all perfect and all together and then we forget. That's good. 
there's people broken like I was outside these walls. So we come in here every single week and, oh, I'm good. I'm going to sing the church songs. And, you know, my marriage has been perfect for the past 17 years. But you forget you used to cuss your wife out and punch her in the face. Oh, I'm good now. Oh, but you forget you used to be an alcoholic. You used to sleep around too. And then you forget that there's people that are just like you were before Jesus met you. And if you stay composed too long, you will lose compassion. That's exactly what happened to the disciples. If I keep reading the text, what happens? Jesus ends up healing all the sick. He ends up healing all the people. And the Bible says it got late. And the disciples said this, Jesus, send the people away. It's late. We're tired. Send the people away. So they can go get food. And you know what Jesus does? He teaches them a valuable lesson. See, you guys have been remaining too composed. You've been around me for a while now. You see me heal people and you see me cast out demons. And oh, so now your life is better. You forgot that these people are hurting just like you. Remember, Peter, when I showed up on your boat, you couldn't even catch no fish. But I told you, let's go try again. And you got two boats worth. Remember, Matthew, the tax collector, people wouldn't even talk to you. But I walked over to your booth and invited you to a life-giving relationship. Remember, Luke? Remember? Remember I came to you, Andrew? Remember I came to you? You were sitting under the tree. You didn't even believe in me, but I told you that I seen you under the fig tree. Do you remember that I showed up at your house? Don't act like you're too good now. Jesus tells them, don't send them away. You feed them. You feed them. And then they started making excuses. Well, we ain't got no food. What do you got? Two fish and five loaves. Bring him here. I'm going to break it. So you'll remember to stay broken. And then I want you to pass it out. Until everyone has ate. Jesus was telling them, look, if you stay composed too long, you will lose compassion. Can I tell you something? There is someone crying out to God that you work with, that you overlook. Because your life is better and you forgot what it was like to desperately need God. There is some wife praying for God to get her husband off of alcohol and she is desperate. She, there's some lady who just miscarried and you forgot what it was like to miscarry and God wants to re-break your heart because he wants you to see there's a dying generation right outside this walls and you work with them and your kids go to school with them and you associate with them and you eat with them and God's looking for you to remember but remember enough that you gain your composure again to help them on their feet. You want to be more like Jesus? Allow yourself to break and compose yourself. So here's what I leave you with. Don't ignore the pain and don't ignore your purpose. Don't ignore your pain. It's real. Sometimes you got to embrace it. But don't ignore your purpose. When you get up in the morning, it's a new day. There's mercies made available for you. You walk with destiny. You walk with purpose. Yep, there's going to be people that are going to say things about you. Yeah, go ahead, cry. But then when you come up out that room, come on, don't ignore your purpose. Yeah, there's going to be days where you feel like worshiping God and everything's great. And there's going to be days where the wind gets taken out of you. Go ahead, cry. Let it out. But then don't ignore your purpose. Someone's counting on you. You are a leader. You are an example of God's generous grace. I know the enemy wanted to take you out, but God wants to take you in. You cannot ignore the pain, but don't ignore your purpose. They go hand in hand. 
sometimes, even myself, um, I don't know why I'm sharing so many stories about my life, but when I took over this church that uh, I pastored today, uh, me and my wife, we were pregnant with twins. And uh, notice I didn't talk about twins. We were pregnant with twins and I, I used to cut hair. I was a barber by trade. I, I owned a, a hair salon and a barber shop. And uh, my wife had an appointment for an ultrasound and it was for another checkup. We had went in before and we saw both heartbeats. And when we were at the office the day, one of the heartbeats was a little bit beating less than the other one. The doctor was like, we just need to make sure we watch this, come back in a couple weeks. And she's about 12, 13 weeks along. And I remember uh, I remember she had an appointment, but I was I, I was finishing up this haircut and I was trying to hurry up and get done so I could get there on time. And somehow when I got there, I did get there on time, but she was already done. And while I was walking in, she was coming out. They had told her that both twins, their the heartbeats were gone. And me and her had been praying to get pregnant. It, was, it took us a long time to get pregnant with those twins. And that happened on Friday. And my first day as the pastor was that Sunday. And the thoughts ran through my head too, like, God, I gave my life to you. I've done nothing but build your church. Why did we, why did we lose twins? And I wrestled with that and I got to the church that Sunday. It was my first day as the pastor. And uh, I sat down in the office with a couple of the key leaders and I told them, I said, hey, I know last time I was here when I preached the message, because um, I had preached a message a couple months ago, a month ago, um, before I was installed as the pastor, I had preached this message and the church had known that we were pregnant with twins. We had announced that we're pregnant with twins. And so the first thing I told that leadership team was, I said, you know, I just want to let you guys know that um, we lost twins on Friday. And they said, do you, are you good? Do you want to preach? Do you not want to preach? And if I'm honest with you, there was a lot of me that didn't want to preach. There's a lot of times that I'm broken. But during worship, I can lift my hands and I can break. But when I walk up these stairs, something switches. And I realize that there are people that are going through the same things that I'm going through who don't need me to be broke. They need me to be composed. So I got up here and I said, I told the church, I said, hey, we miscarried twins. But my God is still God. And my God is still good. And even though I don't understand everything, his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And 
And you would think that that would be the last time that I'd be broken, but then I would pray for my aunt that had cancer and she would lose the battle. And then I would invest in people that I would make staff of our church and their wife would go back on drugs and I had to let them go. They would leave and tell people that the pastor just doesn't like us, but I was too busy trying to cover their drug addiction to not dishonor them. So I took all the... Every week we see hundreds of people give their life to Jesus. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds. Easter weekend, 132. The weekend before, 98. First time decisions. Thousands of people come to our churches. And even then, the hate mail. Oh, your church is about money. You don't care about people. You just want that. Really? I abandoned everything that I was for that. Or then you raise your son in a godly environment and one day you find out that he lost his virginity at 16. You're like, son, I thought, God, I worked so hard. I worked so hard to try to fight the spirit of lust off my life. I didn't want it to hit my son. And then the week that you find out that your son lost his virginity, you got to get back on stage and preach a message for people. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is all of us are going to experience pain, but there is a purpose on your life that you can't afford to stay broken. You've got to get back up, dust yourself off, and be who God called you to be. So I'm telling you, just embrace the pain. It's going to come. But also know there's a call of God on your life, and you can't stay down. There are people who need you to be who God's called you to be. So so here's... I feel like... Since you know my stuff, we're just going to be honest. You ain't going to close your eyes. You ain't going to bow your head. You're just going to be honest. You just know my junk. Some of you, life's just hit you so hard. And you're broken. And part of you doesn't want to admit it. Acting tough won't make it go away. And if you're here today and you're just honest enough to finally admit weakness, I promise you, God will bring a refreshing on your life. He will be a comforter. He'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. I know life is tough. But you're too special to give up now. And if you're here tonight and you say, I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet right now, all across this auditorium. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'm broken. Playing tough won't fix it. Some of your marriage is so fragile. You're hurt. You're hurt. This is a holy moment. I'm just going to wait. Because some of you just takes a minute to rip that callus off your heart. 
you need healing. And sitting there acting like you don't need it ain't going to fix it. Sitting there acting like, oh, I can just wait one more week. It's not going to fix it. It's not going to fix it. If Jesus can break, you have permission to break. If Jesus can hurt, you can have permission to hurt. And so we're going to be the church. If you're seated next to someone who's standing, I just want you to put your hand on their shoulder. If you're close to someone who's standing, I just want you to put your hand on their shoulder. Father God, we pray for every single person standing. God, we don't know what they're facing. We don't know where their wound is. We don't know what hurts. But God, we sympathize and we partner our faith with them for them to be overcomers. God, that yeah, we, we, can, we can resonate with that. We can, we can associate with the fact that people are hurting and they're broken. Some of them are struggling from a loss of a loved one. Some of them, they're broken from something that happened years ago. Some of them are broken from some of the stress that life brings. I don't know all the reasons. Some of them hurt because they feel unloved and unworthy. They're suffering the side effects of a sinful culture. But God, I pray for strength right now. Can I pray for strength right now? God, I pray you strengthen them, that they'd be encouraged, that you already fought to win the victory, God, that the victory is theirs to claim tonight. That they're not going to walk in defeat anymore. They're going to walk in freedom. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, we're going to cry some tears. Yeah, we're going to get through this, but we're going to get through this. We're going to come out on the other side of this. We're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out more fortified. We're going to come out more together. Yeah, we're going to believe that that thing's going to repair. And we're going to believe that you're going to fix that situation. And even though there's some things that are never going to turn out the way we wanted, God, we know that our future is going to be brighter than our past. So, God, we cling to you even when we don't understand. We cling to you when it doesn't make sense. We cling to you when we don't always get the answers because you're still good and you're still God. You're still good and you're still God. You're still good and you're still God. We don't understand, but you're good. It doesn't make sense, but you're good. You are still in control. You still sit on the throne and we are grateful for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. Everyone standing to your feet. Everyone can stand to their feet. I'd like to pray for a second thing. You know, you just saw a bunch of broken people admit um, that they're hurting. And for some of them, it's very hard. There's another group of you who need to stop playing the blame game. It's time for you to compose yourself. It's time for you to step into your purpose. It's time for you to stop making excuses. It's time for you to chase your dreams and ambitions. It's time for you to lead your family like the man of God. You were meant to lead your family and stop blaming the fact that you didn't have a godly example be the reason why you can't be one. It's time for you to compose yourself. It's time for you to get your stuff together and shake off all that stuff for you to be and do all that God is wanting you to be and do. Come on, mom, it's time. Come on, student, it's time. You need to shake that off and compose yourself. There's many of you. You've been playing 
hurt for so long. It's like you fell down, but you don't want to get up. And it's time. There's people counting on you. There's family counting on you. There's friends that are counting on you. Your grandchildren are counting on your decisions that you're making right now. They're counting on you. Sydney is counting on you. Australia is counting. The kingdom is counting on you. If you're here and you admit it, it's just time. It's time. I need to get composed. I need to get it together. Pastor, will you pray for me that when I leave this building today, that I finally stop playing the blame game. That I finally stop crying over things I can't change. It's time. It's time for me to compose myself. That's you. Lift both hands high in the air. That's you. Lift both hands high in the air. And for some of you, it's just as hard as the people that had to stand. Admitting that you need to compose yourself. Yeah, that's hard. I get it. But it's time. Come on, lift it high in the air. I want you to lift it so stretch high to the heaven. Anybody else? You just submit. It's time. It's time. I'm not, I'm not going to keep playing the same record over and over and over and over and over and over. It's time for me to get better. It's time for me to step into my purpose. All right, come on. Be the church. You're standing next to someone who has their hands up. Go ahead. Put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for them like they prayed for you. Father God, every hand that's risen, that admits that it's time. It's time for them to be the man. Time for them to be the woman. Time for them to step into their purpose and not not keep saying why they can't and making every excuse why it can't happen. No, 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 no. You got the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. God's going to call and equip you to great things. He's going to use you. You're anointed and appointed. You've been called for such a time as this. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's your time. It's your time. I pray that there will be a great difference in your life that many people will benefit from the decisions that you're making right now. The best way to fix this thing is to admit it. It's time. I'm not going to play dead any longer. I am alive and well. The Spirit of God is living in me and I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm an overcomer. I'm victorious. If I got God with me, who can be against me? I'm going to do great things. I'm going to do greater works. That's what Jesus said. He's going to use me for his glory. I'm going to point to his goodness. And surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I am the head. I'm not the tail. God, do it in them. Do it in them. And lastly, I already went over my time, but you ain't got nowhere else to go. We're just going to be real. I just love being real. It's good. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You want one, though. You want to ask Jesus to come into your heart to change you like so many other people have changed. And some of you, yeah, today we prayed for you. You're broken. You don't, you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. You're, you're learning how to be composed. Yeah, God, God will love you. That's how good our God is. But it's so much better when he's at the center. And if you're here tonight, I'd love the honor to pray for you like someone prayed for me. 17 years ago. If you want Jesus, every eye open, every head up. If you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, we just lift your hand in the air. You said, I want Jesus. I'm taking him home with me. Yep. Right over here. Anybody else? Yep. Some over here. Thank you. Yep. Some over here. Yeah. Anybody else? I'm just pausing just for a moment. I, 
I'm going to go home with Jesus in my heart. I'm going to go home with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm, I'm going to go home. Yep, there's another one. Yep, I'm going to go home with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to go home. I'm leaving here different. Yeah, up there. Yeah, I'm leaving here different than the way I came in. Yep, there's another one. Yeah, it's freeing. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Because I can't fix this, but he'll be with you to fix everything you face. He's not ashamed. Yeah, there's another one right over here. Gentlemen, sitting down. I see that hand. Anybody else? I'm just pausing just for a moment. This is your time. This is your opportunity for God to do something that only he can do. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray for every hand that was risen. Do a work in their life that only you can do. I truly believe that today is a new beginning and a fresh start is happening right now. God, help them find a local church that they would call their family, that you can build every good gift that you have for them. God, surround them with believers that would pull out the best in them. And God, we come against any attack of the enemy that would try to derail or divert them from a life that you have for them. Church, would you repeat this prayer after me, especially those of you who lifted your hands to accept Jesus? Say this. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you and to love you all the days of my life. Today I'm new. Today I'm changed. Today I'm forgiven. Today I'm free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this life-transforming message. For service times, upcoming events, or to find out more about Inspire Church, log on to inspirechurch.com.au.